And now, from our studios in Kansas City, Sci-Fi For Me Radio is live from the bunker. Hello, everyone, and welcome. We are live from the bunker at our regular time. Glad to be here. We have 118 days without incident, as you see on our board back over here. Right under the Will Podcast for Super Jets sign. Happy to have all of you here. My name is Jason Hunt. I am the editor at Sci-Fi for Me. And my goodness, you have opinions. <laughs> the chat is open. The comments are active. We have email that you can send your thoughts live from the bunker at sci-fi4me.com. We have a newsletter. You can uh, find us on all the socials. And I guess just for, uh, just for the sake of completeness, for those of you who are new... Uh, we do really not have, we don't really have a, a policy as far as comments go, but I do ask that everyone be polite. So we kind of have rules, but they're more like guidelines. And I, I, it is rare that I have to, uh, that I have to say anything or, or take any kind of an action. We've only had to put it, put one person in timeout the entire time. That we've had live. You guys out there are genuine, uh, generally pretty good about that kind of thing. So just a little re reminder uh, that everybody, uh, everybody needs to be polite. If you're listening to us on a podcast platform, there are several of them to choose from. And we have listeners all over the world. We're glad you're here. <laughs> Yes, hello, Gary. Gary's out there somewhere. And if you are uh, here for the very first time as a member of the live audience, uh, you are more than welcome. We're glad you're here. Whether you're here live or here Memorex, we're glad you're here. Today is kind of a free-for-all. We're not really getting into a particular topic, but I do want to uh, I do want to read this uh, this feedback from Tyler in Indiana. Tyler says, "Just watched your interview with Ernie Gygax and subscribed immediately after you ended your segment with There Are Four Lights. Thank you for a great interview and a fantastic reference. Well, thank you, Tyler." I'm going to try to do more on reading some of that feedback. The comments are very, very, very active on that interview with Ernie. I'm looking at statistical data, and right now we're at 979 views and uh, 21 comments. And there's, there's quite a bit of activity over there, which is a little bit unusual for our material but you know it is a welcome burst of activity I'm, I'm happy that uh, that so many people are engaged and we're sitting at 1700 subscribers on YouTube I just need one more and I can make a Star Trek joke come on who's gonna who's gonna help me out <laughs> 
We need 1701. We need 1701. Come on. All right, looking in the chat, we've got Mike, Jimmy, Sci-Fi Snobs here, Darius, part-time DM, your first live cast. Welcome. Happy to happy to have you pop in there. Stephanie Janicek's here. Uh, who else? Mindy's popping in with her with her comments. We're, we're, this is this is exciting. It feels like we're on the cusp. We're on we're on the razor's edge. As it were, we may be standing at the precipice. And given how, uh, given how YouTube and Twitter have been acting lately, it may be uh, we may be standing on the on the edge of the maw, the edge of the pit, the pit of despair. <coughs> uh, I okay th- this. This is a weird thing that's going on. Every now and again, I will talk about what's happening in social media and and the various different shenanigans that YouTube has been up to and whatnot. And I'm seeing mention in a couple of different places, several places, uh, that the platform on which we broadcast has started... has started issuing warnings and then taking down either monetization or taking down channels altogether with only one warning, which is contrary to their community guidelines in terms of service. And the the reason that they're giving is something about violent organization or violent rhetoric or something. I'm not sure. And some of the stuff is is connected to I've seen some screen grabs, some people doing Fortnite videos and and getting strikes. And I don't understand this. I'm not sure what's going on, but uh, it is all the more reason why I shall suggest everyone. Uh, everyone find us over on Odyssey as well, just as a backup, putting the link in the chat there. Wait, no, don't do that there. All right. Now it would help if I spell it correctly. Stand by here. There we go. All right. So anybody who wants to find us over on Odyssey, you are more than welcome to join us over there. Uh, We're getting close to 60 followers. And uh, we're close to 100 over on Twitch, which we're going to do. Ah, 1703. I missed it. Missed it by that much. That's okay. All right. Glad to have you, everybody. It's, uh, It's good to have you all here. So... Yeah. kind of a grab bag smorgasbord of uh of topics today i'm not really gonna gonna get in depth on on anything really deep today but i do want to say this because uh the amount of activity that we've had in the last couple of days is encouraging uh but it also provides me with an opportunity to make a request of you i i am of the opinion 
that this show is better, at least for me personally, this show is better when I have a guest, when we're able to have a conversation of doing an interview type of format rather than me just taking an hour and ranting and, and opining about various different things. Now, your mileage may vary, but I would like to uh, once again solicit suggestions for guests uh, to invite onto this show. So various different people, uh, if you've got ideas, uh, filmmakers, actors, writers, uh, directors, authors, illustrators, comic book people, uh, stunt people, musicians. I mean, any anybody that's got any kind of toes dipped into the the genre space, uh, whether they're in uh, science fiction, fantasy, or horror, uh, it is it's this show that we want to populate with uh, with people um, with people to you know, to have conversations with, like we did yesterday with, with Ernie Gygax. We've had the opportunity to talk to a number of people here, and you can see that on some previous episodes. We've talked to Joe Haldeman. We've talked to Mercedes Lackey. Uh, we've talked to the director of the Kansas Cosmosphere. We've talked to Peter Smetti over at Alterna Comics. We've talked to a number of different independent comics creators, lots of different authors. We've, got, we've, we've talked to Kat Rambo, and we're going to have her back at some point here in the future, I think close to September when her close to when her next book comes out. So lots of lots of different people have uh, darkened our door here, and we would like very much for that to continue. So if any of you have uh, suggestions for uh, people to have uh, as guests, uh, we're happy to do that. Uh, Eastland in the chat, welcome. I see Android Scanner. You are uh, you are welcome here as well. Uh, let's see here. Eastland says hate speech. I was warned for it because I used weird and a nationality in the same sentence. Facebook called this hate speech. I was commenting on a domestic cat that loves to swim in the ocean. Uh, yeah, well, all right. And Darius, I do see you over there on Odyssey. Thank you very much for being there. Uh, yeah, it's, it's weird. Um, it's, it's, it's very strange what kind of behavior we're seeing out of some of these social media platforms now. Uh, it's, I say that it's not strange given the history of these social media platforms. What is strange is that it's happening. The timing of it is happening all at once because yesterday, I believe, uh, as from heel versus babyface was uh, permanently suspended from Twitter for quoting a line from a TV show, and uh, apparently Gary from Nerdrotic has a seven-day suspension, uh, a seven-day timeout because he was ask answering a question somebody was asking about that. So it's a it's a it's a very strange time to be on social media. Uh, there have been some things that have happened in the Twitter sphere of late that have me thinking it might be time to get out of the Twitter sphere. So I don't know. It's one of those things. I got a. I've got a. Please do not feed the zombies mug. I need a. I need a. Please do not feed the trolls mug. Maybe to go along with it. Hello, uh, Pops and Zant and Honey. Yeah, John. I don't know what's going on with John Boyega. Honey mentions John Boyega losing his blue check mark. I have no idea what's going on over there. That is such a, a strange, odd set of circumstances. He leaves uh, 
a, a, I believe it was a Netflix production. I don't have it in front of me. He leaves a Netflix production. No, no reason why. It's a family thing. And his blue check mark is gone over on Twitter. His, his verification status is no longer there. And it appears as if the last seven months or so of posts on that Twitter account have been deleted. Very strange. Now, occasionally people will delete various different things that they post on social media. I've gone through and cleaned up some stuff over on Facebook accounts and and various different things. So in and of itself, it may not be unusual, but the combination of deleting tweets and losing the checkmark and leaving leaving a Netflix production has a lot of people wondering. So we'll keep an eye on it. And I'm, and I'm sure uh, that actually is is something that we could possibly talk about tonight on the Ranker Pit. I'll go ahead and throw a graphic up there for people to see. The Ranker Pit is our Star Wars discussion roundtable program. Occasionally we have guests. Right now we're going through and talking about episodes of The Bad Batch as they roll out. But we're also talking about various different other things, rumors and such. And I imagine we'll probably get to that new thing that got posted over on Reddit this week. <clears throat> so that's 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 Central tonight. So we do hope that you all join us there. Cats are weird. Now, I say that having had cats. Personally, I'm a beagle man myself. I really like beagles. Uh, but I have had cats I've had as, as many as three in the house at any given time. Mozart, Beethoven, and Gershwin were their names. And it's, cats, are, cats are odd ducks, you know? I had a duck that thought he was a dog. That was an odd duck. But cats are, I don't know. They, they got their own language. They got their own way of doing things. And put two of them in a room that haven't been together before. Forget it. We are currently babysitting my mother-in-law's cat. And my mother-in-law's cat does not uh, find favor with Mrs. Boss's cat. So senior office cat is uh, is frowned upon by, by house guest cat. So that's... That's an... That's a that's a situation in and of itself. So yeah, there. That's anyway. What do you guys want to talk about? Uh, I have gotten some positive feedback on the idea for the new show, in which we uh, analyze and examine current events with uh with an eye towards comparing them to dystopian fiction i've had a couple of people reach out and say hey that's that's not a bad idea so i'm mulling i'm still thinking uh i do think that it would be better for that show to be uh a group effort rather than just uh, a single host so um uh we'll see about that currently here in the house we've got well, we've got two two dogs in the cat. We have the two office dogs. We have Alfie and Penny. 
Alfie is a Shizu Bishan mix, and Penny is a miniature pincher who thinks that she's a horse. Or at times thinks that she's actually a Doberman, or some breed that's much bigger than she actually is. Uh, she is she is deluded into thinking that she's much more fierce than she actually is. So. And no, Stephanie, that's not uh, it's that's not what you sent me. We've got a new thing, uh, a new thing that just popped up, I believe. Uh, I'll have to I'll have to look it up. I've got it. Well, let me see. Do I have it? I don't know. Um, I'll have to I'll have to look. But uh, but yeah, we'll be looking at that, and I imagine we'll be talking a little bit about Leslie Headland's comments on the acolyte and her interest in Star Wars. So all of that's tonight on on Ranker Pit. I don't want to get into that now and completely steal my own thunder on a different show. So. Because there are other people on that show. So give them a chance to talk about it too. And give you a chance to talk about it with all of us. <sighs> all right, so where else are we? Oh, hey, this is a thing. Steven Spielberg, this is bloody disgusting. I will put this up here in the monitor. Bloody disgusting. Steven Spielberg on remaking Jaws. Now, this is back in 2015. But it goes toward something that's come out here of late because Amblin has done a new deal with Netflix and has people wondering, okay, well, what are you going to do? Are they going to mine some of his franchises, some of the Amblin stuff to do new material? Because in that press release, in that statement about the Amblin deal with Netflix, Spielberg talks about the opportunity to tell new stories which would imply that he's not going to be involved in doing a whole lot of remakes which is good and just to reinforce that i want to go back to this bloody disgusting article from 2015 this is december brad miska the author here and he talks about how spielberg has said he would never remake jaws which is good you don't need to remake every little thing and contrast that with the Logan's run reboot. And that's going on right now. Now Logan's run hit 45 years old this week, the anniversary of the movie and uh, Hollywood reporter talking to Michael York, the star of the film, but also talked to uh, authors. Um, uh, let's see the uh, William F. Nolan, one of the co-authors of the book who also adapted the screenplay, then his adaptation of the screenplay didn't get used. But he's talking about the reboot that they're talking about, a, a possibility of doing a gender swap on Logan. And Nolan says, uh, if it ever becomes a thing that we actually get a Logan's Run reboot, he would hope that they'd go back to the original age of 21 years old for last day like it was in the book, not 30 like it was in the movie. But then he says this, quote, I am not a fan of the idea that Logan should be female, mainly because Logan's story is his story. If there's another story, then that could be in a TV episode or something, but it would not be Logan's story. That would be a different character. 
just changing to a woman to be fashionable doesn't work. And George told me he felt the same. That would be George Clayton Johnson, his co-author, who who passed away here not too long ago. So, on occasion, on occasion, a little bit of common sense does break out in Hollywood. Now, the Logan's Run reboot, remake, requel, whatever it is, is stuck in development hell. So at this point, no, there's there's no uh, there's no current movement on the Logan's Run remake, and hopefully, hopefully they don't. I there there is a growing list of movies re- remakes of movies that are in development hell that absolutely should stay in development hell. Logan's Run is one of them. Battlestar Galactica is one. As is the live-action Akira. I never want to see that. Uh, Darius asked, did I see the Fahrenheit 451 series, the one with Michael B. Jordan? I did not. It was on my list of things I'm curious about, uh, but I don't have a burning desire, pardon the pun, to see that one. Um, it's it's <coughs> excuse me. This goes this goes back to what we were talking about a couple of days ago. The thing is, uh, you have I have a question as to whether or not Hollywood is self-aware enough that they can do those kind of adaptations accurately and without irony. Because, because it, there's, there's so much in the, the mentality of the, of the Hollywood elite and those people who want to talk talk to us and tell us how we're supposed to think and how we're supposed to act and whatnot, I don't know that they can that they can do that kind of movie without without a bunch of people looking at it sideways and saying, "Are you are you are you are you do you know what you're doing here? Do you know what you're saying here?" Because it's one of those things where if if you've got Somebody doing a, a remake. Let's say let's say four. Uh, let's say Fahrenheit four fifty one, for example. It's about censorship and book burning, but it's also about the neighbors. It's about the attitude of the general public, and it it goes back to. I guess you could tie it back to what Gina Carano posted about how how we as a society are in danger of becoming conditioned to report on our neighbors. Now, I'm not saying that's actually happening 100% all the time, but I do see when you've got politicians and health officials and government, government officials, agencies and whatnot sitting there saying, report on your neighbor if... There's more than 10 people in the house or you see a group in the backyard or, you know, all of this stuff during the pandemic just really 
turned society on its ear. And I don't know that Hollywood is prepared to make that kind of a film, that kind of a story, and, and get it. I guess would be the 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 way I would I would categorize that. It's it, I don't know. It's it's one of those things where they would they would probably make it, but they wouldn't understand. It goes back to what I say about Hollywood learning the wrong lessons all the time. They don't exactly. That's yes. Sacrifice not. Thank you. That's that's the words I'm looking for. Hollywood is not self aware enough to examine that. They'll make the message that it's good to report that. I don't know that they would go that far to say it would be good to report, but I think they would. And I, again, I have not seen the Michael B. Jordan Fahrenheit 451. I didn't see a whole lot about it that was positive. But, you know, political parties aside, when you have a media and when you have government entities that are, that are trying to get the citizens to behave in a certain way, whatever the way that is, there's a danger there, uh, and Hollywood is contributing to the the step for wife type mentality. You know, you see these things like the Purge series of movies, for example, and then we get all of that. You know, we get a whole year of riots. Is art imitating life, or is life imitating art at that point, or is this is this a cycle? See, I I have this theory. I have this working theory of Hollywood. Now, stick with me here for a minute. When it comes to values and the erosion of values, Hollywood, when you've got a movie, you've got a movie, you've got a two-hour block of time, you're going to tell your story. And the nature of storytelling, especially in films, you have a condensed timeline. You're crunching however many days, months, weeks, hours, into a two-hour block. And it's that intensity of compression that I think sometimes intensifies Hollywood's portrayal of particular behavior, attitudes. And the people out in the general audience, they see this exaggerated, enhanced, compressed view of something, smoking, violent riots in the neighborhood. I mean, it could be anything. And we become desensitized to a certain point where the thing that we see up in the screen is now a little bit more normalized. And so it becomes easier to do those things out in real life. And then Hollywood goes back and reflects what's happening in real life and compresses it and exaggerates it. And this is this cycle of Hollywood showing us a thing that we do more intensely than what we really do. And then we start doing it more intensely because we saw it in Hollywood. We saw it on the screen. And it cycles one one into the other and it intensifies until we're in idiocracy. Maybe. I'm not sure.
So it's it's one of those things. I I, I continue to think about that uh, the 1984 idea. I do have a couple of other shows that I would like to do. Uh, <laughs> Darius, yeah, I I've seen bits and pieces of the Karen movie trailer, uh, and I've seen people talking about it. I I've I've not. I've not watched it with the sound on because I can only imagine what it is going to sound like and what people are saying. Um, I'm not a big horror fan in the first place, but I'm not surprised that somebody has made what's essentially a horror film out of the quote-unquote Karen. It's... And and again, this goes back to Hollywood not being self-aware enough to recognize what it is that they're about to do. So, I don't know. Uh, Sci-Fi Stop says it's a bad take. If it's true, then movies can never examine anything as they'll intensify by definition. I think, think well, yes and no. Because I don't think... And this goes back to what we were talking about before. I don't think Hollywood is in a position right now, attitudinally, that they can examine any kind of behavior uh, objectively or without putting some sort of political spin on it a certain way. I think we've seen... Uh, with all of the different TV shows, for example, that that lean heavily into the progressive politics and the preaching and the and the lectures and the and the finger shaking at your nose, um, they're not able to examine us as a society. Not like not like we would like for them to. Uh, well, I say we would like for them to. I don't know that Hollywood's even got the right to do it entertain us and if there's some subtext about things politic okay but i don't go to the movies to get a message one way or the other right or left progressive liberal conservative libertarian i don't care i don't go to the movies to get a message i don't go to the movies to get a lecture i go to the movies to be entertained tell me a story whether it's allegory or just a flight of fancy, some wild popcorn flick that doesn't have a point, you know, give me two hours of action and, and shoot them up some, and explosions and I'm fine. Tell me a story. Entertain me. Don't propagandize. Don't preach. Don't lecture. That's, that's not the place for it whether it's on a TV screen or a movie screen. And I'll tell you who's getting it right is Superman and Lois. Now, this past episode, there were a couple of spots where they dipped their toes a little bit into the, into the river on the left. But for the most part, Superman and Lois has been politics-free, has been lecture-free, and their, their ratings are up. The positive feedback is is ginormous. Everybody loves this show. And their showrunner, Todd Helbing, is on my list 
of people that I want to get on this show to talk about it because I think just based on some interviews that I've that I've read, I think Todd Helbing is holding the line. And I don't have any indication one way or the other that he's a one political stripe or or another. There's nothing to indicate he's right or left. And I don't care. He's the custodian right now. <clears throat> he's the custodian of Superman and Lois Lane. And in those interviews that I've read, he, he clearly demonstrates that he gets what makes those characters tick. And you see it in the show. And I have to wonder, and I have to think maybe, he's the one that's saying, this is the kind of show we're making not this one. And I really do want to get him on the show to talk about uh, Superman and Lois for, in, in particular, but the other stuff that he's done, his other work. So I think it would be a very interesting conversation. And, you know, it, he's just one of many people that I would like to have on the program. Um, <clears throat> and... Well, and, and I'm looking at comments in the thread. Science fiction does have the does give us an opportunity to do some self-examination. Um, who we are as humanity, who we are as people, who we are toward each other. And there's nothing wrong with a story that makes you think. Where I draw the line and where I have a problem is with a story that wants to tell me how to think, wants to tell me what to think. If you prompt me to think, that's, that's one thing. If you hit me over the head and say, you must think this, that's quite a different thing. And my, my thought has always been, and I've said this before, Science fiction to me is there, – there are two, two main aspects of science fiction that, that should be. Science fiction should be both aspirational and inspirational. And by that I mean, you know, taking, taking on the inspirational side of things, science fiction should inspire us to think. New ideas, new thoughts, new, new what-ifs. In terms of uh, technology, we could invent things that we haven't invented before. We could, we could, you know, figure out solutions to society's ills in ways we haven't thought before. But it's it's an inspiration to think about something. It's not a this is what you must think. So it's inspirational in that it gives us ideas to consider, different points of view different ways that people look at things, different societies and cultures and, and that sort of thing. And even when you're using extraterrestrials, you can use them as proxies for various different perspectives and points of view that you may not hold yourself, even as the author. But it does give us a way to prompt thought and discussion about new ways of looking at things. And that's the inspirational side. The aspirational side for science fiction, given that a lot of times it's speculative fiction, it's futurism, it's here's what's going to happen 
five years down the road, 500 years down the road. The aspirational side of it is how does this story give us something to which we can aspire to be better as people, either better with our resources, better with our technology, better with our ethics, better with how we deal with people, better with how we solve problems, all of that. How can we be better? And that comes into that whole, you know, science fiction is a good way for doing some self-examination for us as humanity. It's a mirror. It says, hey, this is who, this is who we are. Is this who we want to be? And again, that goes into using aliens or other technology. You know, Spock is a good, a good proxy for that. Data is another one. Somebody on the outside who says, why do you humans behave like this? And again, it's one of those things that prompts thought and discussion. It doesn't necessarily say you must do it this way. So on the aspirational side, it makes us want to do better. It says we can be better. We, we should be better. But how we get there is going to depend on all of the different other discussions and thoughts and and ideas that come from it so that to me is 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 how you can take science fiction or fantasy because you look at you know c.s lewis with the narnia stories you look at the lord of the rings uh from from tolkien and allegory is just just as useful a tool for trying to get ideas across and if it's done right you don't beat them over the head Eastland says yes thought-provoking and must think hit me with a club are two different things and it's lazy writing that's right uh sci-fi side says i'm okay with forcing people to think a certain way or believe a certain thing as long as i get to decide what that thing is (laughs) All the cards on the table there, right? Hello, Cam. One, one, three, eight. Welcome. Good to see you in the chat as well. Uh, it looks like we've got some pretty good activity on on the show today. Uh, some good conversation going on in the chat. See, and that's the other thing too, as far as as far as the comment threads that are on these things. I have, on a number of occasions. Uh, commiserated to Mrs. Boss that we haven't had a whole lot of activity in the comment threads on our videos. And to me, I see that not not necessarily as, well, it's not just a way for people to give us feedback. It's a way for all of you to have conversations with each other about whatever topic that we've been covering. And on this, on this Gygax video from yesterday, there's a lot of that. And I've only had to delete one comment for being just rude and unproductive. And some of the some of the comments, I'll admit, I I debated with myself, and I'm like, no, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna censor people if they're contributing to the conversation. They have thoughts about it, one way or the other. You don't have to agree or disagree one way or the other with me. But I like having that interaction. I like having that conversation going on. So, so it's good to see that kind of activity in the thread 
uh, with with regard to uh, the TSR thing. I would like to see that kind of activity other places as well on various different uh, videos that we've been doing. I'm I'm really surprised that this particular video has taken off. It's over a thousand views. Over a thousand views on this Gygax video from yesterday. Unbelievable. Is this the one? Is this the one that breaks us out? I don't know. I don't know. Um, well, here's a comment that's being held. And I don't think I'll pass it. Because it's very rude. You you probably should take a look and, and backstop me there and... Just, uh, it's it's held for review. You you probably have to log in. You might have to come over here and take a look. Anyway, oh oh oh, the other thing too. On Odyssey, they have just uh, they have just brought in playlists. So uh, let me let me show you here. We have playlists now on odyssey so we're going to be able to group our videos there's mrs boss group our videos together but i've got to go back in through and now do all of those so we'll be doing that over on odyssey as well this one here i don't think i don't think we should it doesn't seem like it's okay don't all right insult the office dogs folks <laughs> you're not gonna get no 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 that's not that's yeah okay all right all right Anyway, Mr. Boss needs to learn when Mrs. Boss is joking. It happens from time to time. From time to time. You got your own microphone over there. You're going to mirror, 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 mirror. Yes. Time to time? Yes. Time to time? Really? That's, that's, that's what I said. <sighs> Yes. See, you see, you see what I have to put up with. Uh -huh. <coughs> <coughs> anyway. uh, yeah, Cam, uh, Cam, you missed the show uh, yesterday, and it was a, it was at a special time, so that might be part of it. Um, but yeah, it's. It's just chugging along. We've got uh, we've got quite a bit of activity on that one already. I'm really surprised that it's doing that well. Now, before that, my interview with Mitch Breitweiser was the one that took off, and it's got you know close to 700 views, and I was not expecting that. And with this one, talking about the return of TSR games, I was not expecting that one to blow up like it has. Uh, we're, I mean, it's over, over a thousand, over a thousand. That's crazy. And it just keeps going up. But for the most part, everybody seems to be behaving themselves relatively well. Uh, whether they're excited about TSR coming back or they're not. Um, and from some of the comments that I'm seeing on that thread, I'm wondering if we heard the same interview because there's some stuff being discussed there. And I know a couple of random comments that Ernie made 
Um, I think I think some people are hearing things that Ernie didn't say, but I can't speak for him. I'm not going to put words in his mouth and ascribe and as, you know ascribe certain motivations or or thoughts to him because I don't know that they were random comments within kind of a stream of consciousness, and I don't know if if I don't know if everybody's listening. It kind of goes back to my complaint about when I send emails out to people. Uh, yes, uh, is right. <sighs> Email etiquette. A couple of things. If well, I you know I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on this. When I send emails out to staff or guests, or PR people, you know, people who are trying to, you know, hey, can I send you a book to do a review, and yada, blah, blah, blah. There's a couple of things. I always, if there's any kind of a schedule involved, the show airs from Monday through Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 12 Central. Yeah, great, I'd love to be on the show. When do you want to do it? What time of day? Now, wait, the show airs at 1 p.m. Eastern. I don't know how many times I have gotten emails back, people asking me questions that I have already provided the information, and you could go through the email thread. So just as a little favor to me, and I know I'm nobody, I'm just some guy on the Internet, although I'm not just some guy. He's a different guy. And you should see you you should check out his channel. He's he's very, very, very smart. But it occurs to me that there would be a lot less frustration if everyone would read their emails thoroughly before asking questions that have already been answered. Uh, so yeah. Anyway. So the time so what time does the show start? It depends on the show. We have seven. With one, two, three, four, five. Five, I think, that are just kind of in abeyance, just sitting there waiting for something to happen that makes those shows possible. I really would like to bring back our comic book news show. For one, it's got a clever title. We call it Comic Con Carne. I think it's brilliant because it combines my love of comics with my love of Texas and my love of Tex-Mex. So, you know, it's, it's a, it's a multi, multi-purpose title. Um, we've got the two Star Trek shows, Triple Bites and Deep Space Minds. I would like to bring those back. And then there's the 1984 thing that's, that's a possibility. Uh, we've got another one. It's a comic book roundtable. It was originally focused on the DC side of things. Uh, where uh, it was called the Rogues Gallery, and we talked about all the CW shows and all the DC movies and whatnot. And then we had Level 117, which did the same thing with the Marvel side. I'm thinking 
if we had enough participation and and we were we were fully staffed, I'd like to bring the Rogues Gallery back as a general comics industry discussion. And by that, all comics, um, you know, not just the main traditional publishers, DC, Marvel, Image, IDW, Dark Horse and stuff, but also the indie comics, the crowdfunded stuff, the smaller press stuff like TKO or, or Aspen, Antarctic Press, that kind of thing. Because that there's stuff going on in the comics industry all the time. Uh, you know, Diamond is is falling apart, and Random House is is picking up the slack on some different things. It's it's a really interesting time uh, for comics, and I don't know that the traditional publishers of comics are going to survive it. Um, uh, foreign language comics, sure, a manga uh, would be in there as well, I think. Um, Although, given how different manga is from your Western North American comics, uh, manga could very well need its own show. And I would not be the one to, to handle that one because I don't know manga. Um, I've, seen, I've seen some anime based on manga, but I don't read manga. And, and it's one of those things where it's like, it's a deep dive, and I wouldn't even know where to begin. Sci-Fi um, Sam says, there would be a lot less frustration if everyone weren't so stupid. <laughs> I, does, that sound, does that sound familiar to, to you? Uh, well, Sci-Fi Sam says, there would be a lot less frustration if everyone weren't so stupid. At the... Does that sound like something that I would say? Uh, okay. Maybe. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, Eastland's got an idea in the thread, a premise for uh, maybe a new sci-fi series. If memories can be changed, then who should do this? Under what rules and conditions? And what does it do to humans? Uh, memory modification instead of prison time? Interesting. Oh, Sci-Fi Snap says he's quoting me. Okay. Well, there you go. Then, you know. That's, that's why it sounds brilliant. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Honey says, what if you found a genre close to some American genres? Perhaps you could add some manga. I think manga... Yeah, I, I'm. That's that's absolutely something that needs to be. I would love to have Perch and Wes from Thinking Critical get comics by Perch and Wes as part of that conversation because Perch has been doing a number of of videos analyzing sales statistics for various different things, and he's posted a number of photographs within bookstores showing the American comics section. And the manga section, and it's no surprise to me that it's that it's much bigger. Um, ICV two, I think, had the list of the top selling uh, graphic novels, adult graphic novels, and all all of the top twenty were manga. Not one American title, not one North American title in there at all. So. I think I, I think it's definitely worth looking at manga as well 
as part of that conversation. The problem with it, the chat, well, the challenge with that is that manga and traditional comics are so different from each other. And I know that the, that the professional comics industry wants to lump in manga sales and comics as a broad subject and say, see, comics are doing fine. Comics are doing great. Well, not really. Manga's doing great, but Western comics are not. You've got people like Eric Larson. We talked about this the other day. You've got people like Eric Larson basically saying, we're at a point where DC and Marvel are, are basically looking at the possibility, and I don't know how likely this is, but they're looking at the possibility of just going to all reprints. Now, can you imagine DC Comics or Marvel Comics telling their writers and, and artists pencils down permanently, we're just going to reprint old stuff? We're just going to license stories that we've already that we've already told that we've already printed. I mean, Marvel's doing that a little bit with IDW now, but IDW, who knows how long they're going to survive? IDW Publishing has been working on a loss for years now. And yes, it's Stephen. The uh, yes, there are stories with pictures, but. Uh, manga, see, and I don't know enough about manga to really talk to it because, you know, with any degree of facility, I, I'm, I'm really on the outskirts of, of that, uh, of that glass house looking in. I don't know enough about manga to know, but I do know that there are differences enough that everybody who talks about manga versus comics makes the distinction that they are completely different things. So I don't know. I it it could very well be that they're all close enough to each other that you could have it in the same conversation, but maybe in a different in a different section of the show. I don't know. I I that would be something that I would need to research and have other people give me feedback on just to see if I'm even in the right wheelhouse with all of that. So we continue to kick around ideas and some different, uh, some different things, but you know, all volunteer staff, limited resources, you know, it's, uh, it's one of those things where if, if we had more, <clears throat> if we had more people, time, money, then, uh, then we could do more and I would love to do more. Um, I would, I would love to have a Roku channel, for example. But I know that's far away in the distance. Uh, if you would like to help with resources, we do have a PayPal account. Uh, if anybody wants to su support us that way, we also have a Subscribestar account. Uh, no obligation there, of course, uh, if anybody wants to, uh, to contribute on that front. Um, but, uh, you know, again... Not anything that anybody is required to do. We're just glad you're here. And we're glad that you participate in the conversation. We're glad that you are around to watch our shows. Um, 
Honey says, I think you can say they're close enough. Periodicals, visual storytelling, sci-fi synopsis, American comics, superheroes, manga is anything, usually not superheroes, and better writing. I hear that a lot. I hear I hear a lot about the writing of manga. And yeah, there there's a lot of manga that's not anything uh, related to uh, to superheroes. So um, invite a guest to being in a pre-approved topic and discuss and let that show grow. I'm not sure what you mean there, Eastland. Um, I've only had two cups of coffee. So. But what? Uh, okay. Just talking to herself over there. See? Live television. Um, I did see Clown Clownfish had a video, Clownfish TV, Neon and Geeky Sparkles had a video about Hollywood crunching into YouTube. That kind of circles back to what we were talking about earlier with uh, YouTube channels kind of being under the gun. And uh, it has me thinking that we need other platforms uh, besides YouTube. And, you know, I mentioned the Roku thing. I kind of half in jest, but, uh, but there's, you know, a little tickle in the back of my brain saying, you know, we've got enough content. We've got enough material. But somebody would have to manage it. And we'd have to figure out the technology to make sure that it's all over there. But would anybody watch Sci-Fi for Me on Roku? Is that even a thing? Would that even be a thing? I don't know. Lots of things to think about as we go into the weekend. So uh, so y'all can think and give us your feedback and, and send us email and leave us a comment and, and we'll see what happens next. All right, so I'm going to head out uh, now. We've got prep to do for the rest of the week. Don't forget tonight, the Ranker Pit, 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 Central. And on the weekend, we've got Good Morning Multiverse with a wrap-up of the week's headlines at 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 Central. And that will be followed at 1 p.m. Eastern with a new Foreign Bodies. And I believe... They're going to Ireland this week. So join us for all of those shows. And um, we'll see what happens next as things develop here. We're glad you're here. Thank you for being here. Thank you for coming back, those of you who are not new. Those of you who are new, uh, we hope you stick around. Have, your, uh, have yourself a good weekend, a good week. Stay safe out there. Keep your head on the swivel. All that good stuff. And uh, like I said, if you've got ideas for topics we can cover, if you have suggestions for guests, uh, feel free to share those with us. And uh, if you want to have, uh, have, some, have some share time, share the links to all of these videos and, and the channel, that would be great too. Give us a thumbs up on your way out. And we will do this all again next week. Remember, there are four lights. This has been a presentation of Sci-Fi For Me Radio. Copyright 2021 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media.